0: This is the last message in the series rise to the challenge and what i said the bait was the basis of the series is i believe based on observing circumstances in our world and bible prophecy that that we're living at one of those transition periods in human history a big transition period and because of that we we need to rise to a certain set of challenges that frankly no other generation has ever faced before let me start the way i have started each week rise to the challenge life is a never-ending series of challenges from birth to death guarantee you many of us in here right now we're experiencing some challenges challenges maybe that that we didn't choose at all and that brings us to this next part sometimes we choose the challenges and sometimes the challenges choose us and then finally this unless we rise to the God-given challenges we unnecessarily forfeit the God-given opportunities they bring challenges bring us opportunities to trust God more deeply to allow him to to stretch us expand our heart expand our character and we can grow through challenges and and, in fact we we can hardly grow without challenges in all honesty so today we're going to close the series with um, a different topic and one that's critical to the time we live in and it's this rise to the perseverance challenge perseverance It's that, that idea that there's something that's not necessarily immediately desirable or easy for me to do, but it's probably something that's valuable and probably something I should do. But starting it is going to be hard enough. Sticking to it is going to be even harder. We all know you can start something, but it can be harder to finish something than it is to start something. Now, we're going to start by looking at a series of verses that I hope will hit each of us with the gravity of this particular challenge how serious it is so here we go let's start and listen to the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 10 verse 32 Jesus speaking whoever acknowledges me before others I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven but whoever disowns me before others I will disown before my father in heaven let's pause there for a minute jesus is saying something that's pretty clear pretty hard not to understand he's saying that we may have a temptation to hide our union with him to hide our loyalty to him to hide our allegiance to him in front of others but he's saying that's a serious thing if we yield to that temptation because it says if we disown him in front of others he will disown us in front of the father in heaven that's a real serious thing with eternal repercussions let's go on so persevering in our loyalty is critical Matthew 24 Jesus speaking Jesus in Matthew 24 for you that are interested he gives 18 signs that will precede his coming he says then you will be handed over and he's talking to followers of Christ talking to Christians then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of what because of me because of our loyalty to him at that time many not few many will turn away from the faith let me pause for a minute how many have ever known somebody that it looked like for a time maybe for some years maybe decades it looked like they had really put their trust in Christ really were his followers but then something happened and they just walked away from Christ altogether how many have known that experience you've known somebody yeah and it, it, it's becoming tragically Um, more regular even amongst those that that are leaders in churches he says at that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other but the one who what is the word perseveres Perseveres. how long to the end end will be what now think about that let's reverse it if somebody does not persevere to the end will they be saved Jesus says the one that perseveres to the end will be saved he says you're going to be hated and some of you are going to be put to death you're going to be persecuted and put to death you can see how there would be that temptation to shrink back in order to save one's comfort, one's vocation, one's life perhaps but Jesus is pretty clear it's the one that perseveres to the end that will be or actually is saved we could say it either way let me take you to one more in the new testament second timothy chapter two the last writings of the apostle paul the book of second timothy he says if if we persevere there's our word again we shall also reign with him but if we deny him he will what does it say Deny deny us do you see how critically important persevering in our trust, our loyalty, our devotion to you. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to beg each of you here right now. You'll listen to me or you won't. I am begging you. Don't let anyone, don't let anything, don't let there be any circumstance or time in life where you let someone, something get between you and Christ, your loyalty to Him, your devotion to Him, your devotion to His will, His word, His church, His people. Don't let anyone become a divider between you and your loyalty to Jesus and the longer we live the harder it is going to be to stand firm and let no one or anything come between us and our loyalty to Christ and our loyalty to his work and his will and his church make up your minds I hope I hope all of us in here will do that if we persevere we'll reign with him but if we deny him he will deny us And then finally, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Testament, Hebrews 3, verse 14. For we belong to Christ if, if we keep on, what does it say? Trusting Him to the end. Perseverance. Just as we trusted Him at the first. Now that that opens itself to the thought that there are people that appear to trust him at the first, but then they don't trust him all the way to the end, and hence Jesus says, the one that perseveres to the end will be saved. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Randy, but but I thought once saved, always saved. I thought that once you put your trust in Christ and make the decision to become His follower, you're signed, sealed, and delivered for heaven. Yes, but Randy, you just read all these verses that said if we disown Jesus, if we don't persevere in our loyalty to Him to the end. We're we're not going to be saved. Yes. But, Randy, that sounds contradictory. No. (laughs) It's simply saying, if our trust in Christ is authentic, it will endure to the end. We will not disown him. We will not let anyone, anything, I don't care if it's a person, place, or thing, vocational experiences, comforts in life, we won't let anyone or anything come before or between our loyalty to Jesus that is what a real Christian someone that has honestly put their trust in Christ who has seen his glory seen his goodness who has had their hearts won over by his kindness his compassion his power his goodness that sort of person is unshakable we may go up and down in our experience but we will finish loyal to him it is critical that you understand god's truth instead of hanging on to some cliche you've heard in church somewhere oh yeah man i i said that prayer i asked jesus into my heart so i know i'm okay i'm good to go my tickets punched i'm on the way to heaven i'm telling you you better listen to what the scripture clearly says it's an authentic relationship that god wants with us it's one where he says i'm going to show you i unashamedly love you sacrificially love you I'm going to die on this cross offering you forgiveness of all your sins all I need you to do is trust me and I'll die if that's what it takes for you to be able to trust me and once we put our trust in him he promises us again eternal life and a different quality of life in this world the best quality of life that can be had in this world as well as eternal life in the world to come all right we've We've introduced the value, the importance of perseverance. I hope that's gripped all of us equally. Now let's try to dig down a little bit deeper. let's Let's try to understand, understanding perseverance. Let's go to Second Timothy again, the last writing of the Apostle Paul. He says, I have been chosen to be a missionary and a preacher. Some versions will say apostle, same deal, missionary church planner. I have been chosen to be a missionary and a preacher and a teacher of this good news, the message about Christ, the message that God has revealed himself entirely in Christ and offers forgiveness of sins and eternal life to anyone that will put their trust in Christ and become his follower. I hope I just described, everybody in this room, that you have made your decision to put your trust in Christ and to become his follower because that's what it means to be a Christian he says for this reason I am suffering he was in prison it was the end of his 32 year ministry he was about to be beheaded by Nero and he knew it the apostle Paul writer of 13 books in the New Testament but I'm not ashamed I know the one in whom I have put my trust and I'm sure he is able to keep safe that which I have trusted to him until the day He comes again, talking about the second coming of Christ. Now, I want to dig into this a bit because if you look here, Paul has some convictions. He has some clarity about some things. And this set of convictions that he had, this clarity that he had, it gave him the power for persevering he knew that it was the end if you read on in the book of second timothy he says i have fought the good fight i've kept the faith there is laid up for me you know the crown of righteousness he he knew he was going to die after 32 years of faithful service but He understood something. He understood who God had called him to be, what his God-given identity was, what his God-given mission was. He knew what God had called him to do. Each of us needs to know who it is that God called us to be and what it is that God called us to do. Yes, God has intended for each of us to be someone and to do someone. I'm not supposed to be you. You're not supposed to be me. I'm not supposed to do your mission. You're not supposed to do my mission, but we all have a mission. And it's a privilege, it's a gift, this God-given mission. Now, our identity is very simple. We're similar, we are meant to become the Christ-like version of ourselves. We are meant to grow spiritually. We are meant to progressively put off our old sinful ways and selfish ways, and we are to progressively put on the Christ-like characteristics that God and His Spirit will help us to develop. So we're all to become, as it were, the same Christ-like version of ourselves. Now, we're going to be different and distinct, but it's going to be Christ-like. But our missions are very different, and God equips us for our unique mission. You are equipped for your mission. Yours is not mine. Mine's not yours. You have been given by God, if you're a Christian, certain spiritual gifts, certain teachings, certain learnings, a certain uh, temperament type. Uh, God wants each of us to define what it is that he's equipped us for and to fulfill our mission. But once we get clarity about who it is God's called me to be and what it is God's called me to do, well, this this gives me convictions, and these convictions enable me to live a principle-governed life. Principle-governed meaning this is because I know who I am and I know what my mission is, i don't operate based on my feelings i I operate more on principle i'm just curious how many of you in here uh, in the past week have used an alarm clock can i see you see okay okay how many of you in here (laughs) have used an alarm clock for most of your life frankly speaking and you might use one for the rest of your life yeah now now if you're anything like anybody else like 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 myself when the alarm goes off you don't necessarily feel like getting up at that time now you might get up close to it your body might be trained you you might get up within a half hour hour of the time but you don't really feel like getting up when that alarm goes off or else you'd already be up now some of you you're already so trained you actually are up before the alarm goes off I'm not sure why you use the alarm anymore (laughs) but This gives us an example of what I'm talking about Of having a set of convictions That then produces principles that we operate by You have deduced that you enjoy eating food And that you like to have climate-controlled shelter around yourself And you like to drive 3,500-pound vehicles up and down the highway way too fast And to do that, you have to make money And to make the money, you've got to set your alarm clock to get up and go to work You see how this thing works? It's all kind of a chain relationship here. But convictions, clarity, principles, and then you start acting based on principles, which leads to perseverance. You'll use that alarm clock for the rest of your days as long as you need a job to get up and go to work to. See how that works? That's all all I'm trying. Paul had clarity, and he also had clarity about the one he had put his trust in. And that gave him, again, this ability to persevere in good times, bad times, and everything in between. Let's look at another thing that produces perseverance. John chapter 8, Jesus said uh, to the Jews who had put their trust in him, If you, what is that big word? Continue. Not start, not one time, not one and done we enter into a relationship with christ our creator that lasts for this life and eternity that's why the scripture keeps saying critical that we persevere if you continue in my word you are truly my disciples we can reverse that if you don't continue in my word jesus says you're not really my disciple see how that works it goes both ways it's a real relationship or it's not if you continue in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will come to know. That word "know" in the Greek, it's "gnosko," it means you'll 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 experience this, and you'll know for yourself. Once you experience something, you don't forget it. You start developing convictions about it. You will come to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Ever ever meet those people? I'm kind of fixated on sleep stuff because I'm having some sleep problems <laughs> myself. You ever meet those people, and they say, uh, "I'm gonna tell you, man." I need my sleep. I'm, I'm going to get my seven to nine hours sleep because I'm going to get my sleep. You might be right in the middle of a conversation with them. They stop. I, I'm sorry. i got to go get some sleep. I'm, i, I got to get my sleep. <laughs> now, they're saying something that makes sense. They, they are saying... They have experienced that they're not 100% unless they get their sleep, and they have figured out they need seven to nine hours, whatever it may be. And so they now have a conviction about this, an experiential conviction. Man, I know I need my sleep. I'm not going to be 100% if I don't get my sleep. So because I know this by experience, I have a conviction about it, and that conviction causes me, enables me to live by principle. The principle is I need my sleep i'm gonna get my (laughs) sleep okay so jesus is saying as we continue to learn his word and do his word put it into practice we start experiencing the results and the results give us clarity they give us personal convictions and that produces principle governed living not impulsive governed living I hope it's making sense. Let me go to one more, 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Let me give you the background of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, Nero had just burned down Rome. Three-quarters of the population in Rome of a million people, they didn't have houses anymore. They were really mad at Nero. Nero blames the fire on the Christian community, and so now the first persecution of Christians is occurring. They're rounding Christians up. Peter himself, after writing 2 Peter is killed in the persecution the apostle paul that we read earlier he's killed in the same persecution about six months later that's the background when he's saying trials of all kinds you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that the proven genuineness of what your faith or your trust in god genuineness we said earlier yes we have seen people that have said i am a christian i have put my trust in christ and then they go for a while but they don't make the distance and this is saying that sometimes trials bring to the surface that our what we're calling our trust in christ our faith in christ that it's not genuine and it falters because it's not genuine And, and so my point is that perseverance authentic perseverance it is the result of genuine trust in christ we, we, we sang that song by the way that, the last song in it's uh, what it's called Holy Ground the one about show us your glory uh, it's the best Christian song that's ever been written in all of Christian history by the way uh, it's just my opinion of course <laughs> <laughs> but it talks about when we see the glory which is the character of God it grabs our hearts it changes us forever we know that we can trust this one we know this is the one we have searched for all our life we know this is the sanity we have craved in the insanity that we have lived in all of our life and we cling to this one that we know is not just our creator not just the almighty god but the sacrificially loving god he's the safest kindest most compassionate merciful person in the universe he's the one we should ever be running toward even when we're at rock bottom and never running away from he has proven his kindness his goodness his trustworthiness and that changes us we don't just like him we passionately want to be like him let me kind of summarize this a bit for you so conviction or perseverance perseverance first of all it's conviction based it's about you know knowing who i am who god's called me to be Uh, his destiny for me in this life it's conviction based it's principle governed living that produces perseverance okay so I've kind of said that in those verses as I was unpacking them now let me break it down a little further perseverance is produced in us when we are first of all receiving spiritual truth in other words, it is coming from God's word. It is coming from the Bible. It is, it is God revealing to us, this is the way I design life to be. We're refining, we're finding from God's Word. This is who I am. When He's telling us truth about Himself, telling us truth about life, telling us truth about ourselves, telling us truth about the way society was meant to function. So we have this spiritual revelation of God's truth as the starting point of perseverance. I'm basing this on truth. Secondly, it's reasonable when you, this is where the Bible and, and being a Christ follower differentiates from every other religious point of view on the planet uh, scripture, God's will, God's word can be shown to be absolutely reasonable it's not, it's not far fetched it's not, it's not arbitrary, it's not fanciful let, let me just give you one example and I'm not trying to attack other religions but I just want to give you something to think about there's about 1 billion his, Hindus just under 1 billion Hindus now one of the things that faithful hindus will do is they will at once a year they will go to the ganges river big river in india and they will bathe in the ganges and they will drink the water of the ganges the ganges river is foul and deadly polluted but they believe that by bathing in this foul polluted river and drinking its water they will they will be cleansed of sin well, this is nonsensical this is just irrational this is unreasonable the god of the bible and his instructions are never irrational or unreasonable let, let me take give you one more example there's about two billion uh, muslims in the world just under two billion and they have this thing where it's called the hajj anybody seen the pictures of it where it's about a million people at a time walking in white robes in a circle trying to get a peek at this little rock this little black rock and the little black rocket might be a meteorite. It's some dispute about that. But anyway, they, they are packed. How many have seen the scenes? They, they, they walk counter, counterclockwise, a million of them sometimes at a time. And after many, many years of multiple deaths, people get trampled. Up to 2,000 people have been trampled. They have heart attacks, all kinds of things. They spread disease like crazy. It's been, it's been traced. This is real stuff we can look at the data. It's an irrational thing, but they believe that's one of the things. If you're a Muslim, you must make one voyage to Mecca and walk around this dumb rock and risk your life of getting trampled. <laughs> yeah, it's irrational. Don't be afraid to point out the irrationality of false religions. The scripture is not like that. So we can persevere because it's revealed by God, but it's also reasonable. We know this this is something that has value if everyone were to embrace this code of conduct the world would be a better place and it's desirable i i desire the virtues that i see in god in christ and it's achievable i can change you can change we can change we can grow god made us in his image and once we put our trust in christ he helps to restore that image in us so we can always grow we can always change to the last breath of our life we can be growing and changing So, this is what produces perseverance. It's having clarity on these things, and it starts to grab our soul to the point that we say, This is something I will stick to. I will let nothing get between myself and this practice, or myself and my devotion to Christ, or whatever it may be. And I'm going to stick to this, just like I'm going to set that clock because I value eating and, you know, living in a climate-controlled house and driving a 35-pound. 3500 pound vehicle way too fast up down the highway i'm going to set the clock so that i keep my job so that i keep the money coming in so i can keep eating and keep messing with that thermostat until the government tells me i can't mess with that thermostat how many of you know it's coming man they're, they're going to stop us from messing we're all going to be sitting around in the wintertime 64 degrees you know shaking like this summertime we'll be dripping this way we'll have air conditioning but it'll be set at 89 you know so I, I know this is a lot philosophically to take in quickly, but it's, it's there. You got it on your outline. You can look at it again on your own. But I just wanted you to understand that perseverance is not something that some people just have and others don't have. It is something that God has given us the capacity that we can all have, and it follows a rational developmental track if we just follow that track. I want to spend the rest of the time now on talking about developing perseverance. And I want to, I want to kind of introduce this um, before, we go, before we go to that scripture, I want to introduce this in kind of an unusual way. Supposing that there was a, uh, a sporting goods company, and they wanted to do a big splash, a big promo. They wanted to, you know, really get their footprint down and become popular fast. And so what they do is they decide to do mailings, random mass mailings, Uh, To a community, and and they do them right here in Frederick. Okay, and it just so happens, it just just so happens that all the people of FCF, you got the mailing. Okay, so you got this mailing from the sports goods company, and here is the offer here is the offer they're giving that if you receive this mailing, and if you will run a marathon at a set date, it's a week or two away that they set. 26.2 miles and if you finish the marathon average average, um, hours for somebody that's a new marathoner you can finish about 4 or 5 hours, so so they set it at 5 hours, they say we'll give you a full 5 hours, run the 26.2 miles and everyone that finishes, you don't have to be the fastest, all you've got to do is finish, 26.2 miles, you got it in the mail the offer is in your hands, all you have to do is finish but Here's the thing. If you finish, you get $300,000. They want to make a big splash. Now, let's be very honest here right now. Let's be very honest. You got a week to prepare for this thing. <laughs> How many of you in here, you're going to walk away with $300,000? Let, let me see your hands. I See, I knew there's marathoners. There's always marathoners. I don't know why you do it, but there's always marathoners. They're going to walk away with $300,000. Now, how many of us, we are not going to walk away with (laughs) $300,000? It's available, (laughs) but not to me. (laughs) Well, well, why? Well, were we to talk to these folks whose hands went up a minute ago, they all train, okay? You don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go run 26.2 miles, does not happen they are in training for this i'm going somewhere with this perseverance and developing perseverance can be done we can we can develop what we don't have right now to the degree that we might want to have it if we will get in training listen to this verse first timothy four it says but but keep away from those godless les- legends which are not worth telling but then he says keep yourself in what in training for what a godly life in other words if i want to run this spiritual marathon that i am called to run and if i'm going to run this spiritual marathon at a time of intense temptation intense pressure pressure from the world to conform temptation from my old self the flesh an intense deception the Deception the likes of which the world has never seen before From Satan and his cohorts Which is coming If I'm going to endure If I'm going to run this marathon I've got to get myself in training now Now Randy what do, you, what do you mean by training What do you do Well let's just start by saying I'm going to take God's word seriously for myself I'm going to buy a good study Bible If I don't already have one We, we can show you the study Bible's out here in the store If you don't know what one is and i'm going to start reading the word of god studying the word of god i'm going to get in groups i'm going to take every class i can take i'm going to start growing and developing i'm going to roll up my sleeves and start serving i'm going to start praying i'm going to start being a regular tender no matter what you know i'm going to center my life around god from this day i'm getting in shape i'm going to get in training because if we are not practicing these things now it's going to be just like that offer it's there but it's not going to be of any value if you and I are not built up spiritually when the tests come we will, will not likely persevere perseverance happens as we are growing we are getting stronger we, we are already resisting temptation we're already resisting the pressure of the world we're already aware of scripture and truth so that satanic deception is not likely to take us easily by surprise All right. let me show you another principle for developing perseverance Galatians 6 it says let us not become weary in doing good why? for at the proper time we will what? reap a harvest if, if what? if we do not give up perseverance, perseverance so there's so much in this portion of scripture this particular simple little verse Um, many of you guys have heard me teach before that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly and that goes contrary to what the saying right the saying is usually anything worth doing is worth doing well but that's not true anything worth doing is worth doing poorly because anything that you and i want to do when we first start doing it we will do it poorly but if it's worth doing jump in and start be humble enough to do it poorly but you keep trying to improve you stick with it with an eye to improving you're practicing and improving you're practicing and improving and you will finally get to the place where you're proficient and you might even become an expert it takes time it takes time that's what this is teaching you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up we can all think back in our lives of things we had ideas that i want to develop a certain skill i want to develop a certain habit i want to change a certain thing i want to start something Something, but we didn't stick with it. And that's where perseverance becomes critical. Now if we persevere and by the way, every good thing comes from a struggle. I did a whole series about that. We live in a world where any good that you and I are going to develop, it requires a struggle. And so this notion of persevering at doing what is good until, we reap the harvest the harvest isn't going to come right away we're not going to be appreciated we're not going to be rewarded we're not going to get what we want when we want it it's saying you you just have to be one that has convictions about doing good and you continue to do good no matter what the response and you continue to do good when other people are quitting and you continue to do good when it's not giving you what you want but you're just you have convictions good is worthy intrinsically worthy to be done and i'm going to continue at it And you develop as you are persevering in doing good, but you're also going to experience at some point a real harvest. There will be a a production, a result, a a worthwhile, lasting, eternally important result. But we won't get that unless we persevere. Part of God's methodology for our personal development, our personal spiritual growth, as well as service and effective service and seeing... uh, what we call spiritual fruit result it calls for perseverance (laughs) anybody here know how old this church is (laughs) can anybody just pop it off real quick anybody want to give give a guess this this church is 32 years old now how many of you know when we started we started just like this we we already had this place we already had a room full of people (laughs) no no you know how we started it was about 20 people and we were making telephone calls. I don't urge anybody to do this. We, we made, we made 22,000 telephone calls. And out of 22,000 telephone calls, announcing to people we're going to start a new church, this back in 1991, we, we then, if the people said, well, I'm interested, which most did not, <laughs> uh, we would send them mail. We sent them a couple pieces of mail leading up to the first service. And when the first service started, we were so excited that anybody came we we didn't even bother to to give a good count best we could figure about 150 came but man we grew the church from that point right down to about 50 (laughs) (laughs) no time at all we grew it down to 50 (laughs) by the end of the first year we had grown it down to 50 but we just believed that God had called us to this it was part of our mission part of our calling and and 32 years later i'm not saying we've arrived not saying we're all that i'm just saying what 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 a joy it is to see what god has done were there times (laughs) were there times along the 32 year journey that some of us would have liked to have quit oh yeah Were, we're so discouraged that they were thinking of quitting oh yeah and i'm sure i wasn't alone but, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, that because I trusted God and I knew that it was an incredible privilege, I just kept at it. I just, I just kept whatever was in front of my face. I just kept at it. And now we're all enjoying part of the harvest. You know? so. and, and by the way, I had a, a group of people around me that kept at it and kept at it and kept at it, and, and many of them are still here together. We started out, like I say, we, it was about twenty of us making those crazy phone calls, and that that number went down. But there's still some from that original twenty that, that are still here. And so, man, they they have worked tirelessly through all kinds of conditions. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Get sidetracked. Back to perseverance. <laughs> Let me share another principle with you. First Corinthians 15. It says, "Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters." stand firm you don't tell somebody to stand firm unless there's going to be some pressure to try to dislodge you from standing firm so it says stand firm let nothing move you remember i said at the very beginning of the message i said make up your mind you're not going to let anyone or anything divide your heart your mind your service your loyalty to jesus make it up because i'm telling you it's going to be tested There's going to be persons, places, and things that are going to try to steal your time, your affection, your loyalty, your investment from God, His kingdom. Make up your mind. Let nothing move you. Always, notice, always give yourself how much? Fully, always fully to what? What am I supposed to always give myself to? Fully give myself to? To the, what does it say? The work of the Lord work of the lord jesus said go into the world make disciples of all nations baptize them in the name of the father son the holy spirit teach them to obey everything that i've commanded you and i'm with you to the end of the age that is the work of the lord local churches is the work of the lord all that goes on in a local church which is a movement of god's people to continue to reach yet others and build yet others up to become the christ-like people that god intended us to be that's the work of the lord because you know you know that your labor in the Lord is not, what does it say? (laughs) How many of you have garages? Can I see your hands? Okay. How many of you have basements? How many of you have storage facilities of any kind? Can I see your hands? Now, everything is in a garage, everything is in a basement, everything is in a storage facility, everything is in your house, your apartment. Do you know where it finally will end up yes in the trash dump at some time or another it's going to end up in the trash dump but what you and I do for the kingdom of God is an eternal investment it will last it will matter today it will matter tomorrow it will change people's lives in this life it will change their eternal destinies that's why it says your labor in the lord is not in vain i may invest myself in a lot of things i may i may do those little lines on my lawn you know but it's not going to matter at some point when my my heart finally you know has its last beat or jesus returns it's not going to matter so invest ourselves and he's telling you don't let anything move you stand firm keep on always give yourself fully to the work of the lord because it's going to matter we persevere when we understand what has lasting value and we choose to give ourselves to it one last one second corinthians 5 helping us to understand how to develop perseverance the apostle paul speaking he says so we make it our goal to please him meaning christ whether we are at home in the body or away from it meaning death be away from the body why Paul why why do you make it your goal to please him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so Paul says the key to his perseverance the key that that drove him that motivated him that gave him incentive in his life was he he really wanted to please Christ and he understood that everything that he did, the things that he does in secret that nobody's ever going to know about here, about the temptations he fought off, he knows that Christ sees it all. And someday, Christ and he will be eye to eye and all of his life will be reviewed. And that will matter forever but the real issue is his personal affection for christ he really wanted to please him he didn't want to please him because he was afraid of him he didn't want to please him so that he could earn his way into heaven nobody can earn their way into heaven we are given the gift of being members of god's family when we simply make that decision to put our trust in christ and become his follower that's called grace god forgives all our sins he gives us everlasting life in his kingdom paul wasn't afraid that he wasn't going to go to heaven he just loved jesus he He had just seen someone more beautiful than anyone else in the universe. And it captured his heart, and it led him for 32 years of the most passionate service to God and to others that the world, I think, has ever seen. I don't think there's ever been a servant of God like the Apostle Paul was. I said earlier, the Spirit of God chose to use him to write 13 books in the New Testament. So we can develop perseverance like Paul when we just have a love for Christ I want to check I want to ask you to check yourself on something is 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 your relationship with Christ more about what he's done for you or is it more about you're just in love You, you you couldn't help yourself if you tried That's the explanation for anything that you want to understand about me. At age 23, I saw someone so different and a kind of life available so different. I couldn't help myself. I not only trusted him, I loved him. I passionately wanted to be like him. That love has only grown all these years. And it's the key to perseverance. Not just for me, it's for anyone. Paul says... I don't know. I just want to please him. I just love him. I just want to be like him. That will be the key, the secret to, at the end of the day, each of our perseverance or lack thereof. Now, I want to kind of summarize what I've just said to you. Developing perseverance, it calls for developmental practices. That was the first Timothy 4, train yourself to be godly. It calls for confident. Persistence. We said in Galatians, if you you don't quit doing good, you'll reap a harvest. Clear priorities, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Giving yourself, ourselves fully, always to the work of the Lord. Standing firm, not letting anything shake us or divide us. And then finally, it calls for spiritual passion. Just want to please Him. Don't know what you want. I'm pretty simple to figure out. I just want to please Him. I, I, I live for an audience of one. I really do so I believe these are the secrets to you and I developing perseverance now so that when the test comes when the trials comes and they are coming and they're coming on on a generation of people that are going to be unlike any other generation but we have an opportunity to strengthen ourselves now and we'll be more than ready and we'll we'll stand firm and we'll hear our Lord ultimately say, well done, well done, good and faithful servants. You, you were faithful in a few things, man, I'm going to reward you disproportionately with much. We have that in Matthew 25, Jesus' own words, and that's what I want every one of us to hear, and I think we can hear that. I think that God's brought us here, equipping us and preparing us to be shining lights in the darkest time in human history. I think every one of you, have the capacity to disproportionately impact the lives of others for time and eternity. But we've kind of got to get ourselves clear. We've got to get some convictions. We've got to get some principles we're operating by so that we will persevere. Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, let us throw off everything that hinders, whatever's, you know, pulling us away from Christ, that's the thing that hinders. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin That so easily entangles us. We've got to rid ourselves of that which is a pollutant and a contaminant to the soul. That's what God calls sin. And let us run with what's the word? Perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? Jesus. We've got to fix ourselves to run the race with perseverance. Life is interesting. Life is both shorter and longer than we expect it to be. There are times in life that it seems like time stands still. That's usually the uncomfortable times. But then there's times it just kind of drags, and and it's longer, and and we, we say, you know, this is who I am, and you'll never move me from this position. But then 10 years go by, and new circumstances come our way, and all of a sudden we find ourselves way adrift Way different than what we had said we would once be. That's why perseverance is such a critical principle. Scripture says to us, it says, don't, don't take it for granted that you're standing and that you can't fall. We can all fall. But if we do these things now, we won't fall. We'll do this. We'll run this race with perseverance. A loving God wants each and every one of us to finish this race with heads held high. We, we are being evaluated for our eternal rewards we are being evaluated for our eternal positions we are being evaluated for our eternal functions now it says that it's all going to be based on how faithful we are now and we'll be put in a position of faithfulness forever now is the time to seize what the Spirit of God is stirring in your heart. If it's stirring in your heart, you're saying, i got to make some changes. i, I got to get rid of some things, and I need to start some things. I need to start rearranging my priorities. I, w- I want to be all in, and I want to be all in until the end. I don't want to be one that disowns Jesus at the end of the day. Let's pray. Let's ask the Spirit of God to stir each of us give us some wisdom and so forth to make decisions right now father you you know each of us personally and intimately and you know the thing that we are the most threatened by tempted by seduced by weakened by and i just pray that you'll bring it to our attention and help us to face that we've got to to be strong father you know each of us you know where we need to grow where we need to kind of dig in deep Maybe it's a study of your word. Maybe it's to get consistent about serving you. Maybe it's about, you know, just becoming a part of your body. Whatever it is, may you make it clear to us now. Show us those things that we need to develop, that we will be strong and run the race with perseverance. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.